mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, listeners. We just wanted to give you a quick message before the episode starts. We have been having some editing issues with our episodes, and several of you have written to us to alert us about it. And we, we are aware of it. We are working on it. Um, it's not our fault. It's the podcast platform we've been working with. And it's a long story, but we are working on it. We're aware of it. We're switching to a new platform, which hopefully should be completed. The transition should be completed within the next week or so. And we're sorry. I know it's annoying, but we are working on it. And thank you for bringing it to our attention. Thank you. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. Today, we are covering Mary Kay Letourneau. So we, well, actually, our Uncle Bill (laughs) made the suggestion. um, So hopefully he's out there listening. He suggested this to us because he had recently seen May, December. And this, and because of that movie, that um, the Netflix uh, Netflix, movie. yeah. Yeah. So because of the Netflix uh, movie, you know, people are talking about this case again, talking about Mary Kay Letourneau and um, her husband, Billy, um, again. Well, she's not, and She's now deceased. Yes. So she, his... She died in 2020. His, his the, you know, his widow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we actually, we both watched the May-December movie and we both watched this interview that our uncle had sent us from, it was this bizarre interview that the two of them did in 2018 mm-hmm. um, that was on Australian, t- it was in Australia. Um, but if you go to YouTube, you can find it. And then, Brooke, you listened to some podcasts as well. Yeah, I listened to several podcasts about it. I mean, there's no shortage of material about this. Um, there's also an, I think it's A&E autobiography mm-hmm. that she did several years ago and of course it's autobiography so it's her story told from her perspective and it's like wow like that i mean she 
uh, we'll talk about this at length, but she twists herself into knots trying to justify what she did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is she's delusional. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of it is her uh, history her from her family of origin. And I don't know, it's just like one of these things where it's a perfect storm of a bunch of things coming together to make this woman just delusional, you know? Um, Well, do you want to, do you want to give like an outline of the story for anybody out there that doesn't know the Mary Kay Letourneau story? Yeah, well, basically, um, so Mary Kay Letourneau, she was a married mother of um, four uh, living with her husband in Seattle, Washington. And she was a school teacher and she was a very popular school teacher. And And she was 35. Yeah, she was 35. And actually, she first met Vili Falau, who uh, is the father of her, of two of her children, her youngest two children. Um, she first met him when he was in the second grade. He was in her class. Yeah. In second grade. And in fact, this is sort of strange. She was pregnant with, I don't know if it was her third or fourth child. Um, and she, her water broke in the classroom when she was at school and Billy was there. Mm-hmm. And, um, he also had siblings who were at the school and I think she might've taught some of the siblings. So she knew the family. She knew him. Then fast forward to a couple years later, she started teaching at that time. I think she was teaching second grade. Then she started teaching sixth grade mm-hmm. and Billy was her student in the sixth grade. And, um, <laughs> You know, it's hard to know exactly what happened because she has a version of what happened and he has a version of actually he he doesn't necessarily have so much a version of what happened. I don't think he even remembers mm-hmm. because in that Australian interview, um, you know, she she's always controlling the narrative about what happened. And a lot of times he was like, really? I said that I did that. What? I don't remember that. I mean, she's just made up this version in her mind about what happened to justify what she did. So basically, she started taking an interest in him. She felt that he was very um, like gifted and talented as an artist, and she wanted to encourage that. And I mean, basically, I don't know how else to say it. She just developed like uh, sexual feelings towards him. Mm-hmm. And she started grooming him. Now, mind you, he's like 12 when this first started. He's in the sixth grade. Um, she started grooming him and his family because his mother was a single mom. The father was in prison. She was working all the time. She was struggling. And so uh, Mary Kay would, you know, spend time with Billy and take him to, I don't know, she'd buy him art supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, she was being, uh, you know, supportive of him. And, and, and the mother was probably like, well, that's great. You know, who's going to suspect that your 12 year old son's teacher has any, you know, ill intent. And she just started spending a lot of time with him. She had him over to, um, her house Um, some of her kids were about the same age as him 
And she just took this interest in him that very quickly turned really inappropriate. And, um, and she, she claims that he was the aggressor. He moved yeah, in on he, her, a 12 He seduced her. Right. Yes. This 12 year old seduced her because there was a story that I can't remember where it was, where I saw it. Um, cause I also did just some general in, research on the web and he said that, I guess he had bet his friends. I think this was in the yeah. Australian. He had bet his friends $20 that he could sleep with the teacher. <sighs> Um, so, but the way unrealistic, but she spins, which again, makes me wonder, is that the truth or not? Because the thing is, is the problem with the whole story is, is that Mary Kay has her own version of events, right? Like she Mm -hmm. sees things the way she wants to see them and what makes her look the best. And he is so out of it. I mean, he seems really like can't remember things and Mm -hmm. um you know she constantly is guiding him in these interviews and um so it's hard to know if even that story was true or what or that some version of events she told him and he decided to make that the truth i don't know i think he's so traumatized at this point Mm -hmm. still as an adult and um yeah he doesn't know I, i mean again she manipulated him so much and she did all the grooming tactics and got him to just basically do whatever she she asked of him, whatever he, he wanted. And he had no, uh, you know, he had no free will. I mean, he was a child. He was mm-hmm. so young. And, and so she just continued to do this stuff. She enrolled him in a junior college art class and then also enrolled herself in the same junior college to take some classes she claimed she was taking for her like continuing education for being a teacher just so she could be near him. It was summertime. Mm -hmm. Okay. School was out. She's like, well, how am I going to have access to this kid? School's out and I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. him every day. So she signs them both up for a class at this college. So of course she's going and picking him up at his house and taking him to and from these classes and spending time Mm -hmm. with him. And, um, you know, eventually I want to first, before we talk about the actual, how this affair started, I want to talk about, her history, but mm-hmm. it gets to a point where uh, it becomes, well, I think he was 13. There's sort of some conflicting things. I'm not sure if he was 12 or 13 at the time, but um, it was the summer before he went into seventh grade um, and she's having him over to her house. So her husband is out of town and her kids go to bed and she and Billy are watching TV on the couch and, you know, uh, she claims that he kissed her. I think mm-hmm. he claims she kissed him. But anyway, they kissed and then she proceeded to have sex with him mm-hmm. while her children were asleep in their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And yes. then from there, it just got it, you know, went to all sorts of places. But, you know, Basically, this woman didn't understand or she claimed to not understand that what she was doing was illegal. She claimed Mm -hmm. she didn't know that it was against the law. And I just want to say that that is bullshit. That is such bullshit. This is her new narrative. But 
there are certain people that are mandated reporters. Right. Didn't she and learn this when she yes. went to school to be, she has a, a teaching teacher? credential. Yes. Cause I'm they a mandated reporter. This? Yeah. No, yeah. of course they do. I'm a mandated reporter as a therapist. I'm a mandated reporter. And when you, when you're a mandated reporter, it also means that if you see something like your neighbors mm-hmm. or anyone, you report it, you have no choice. That's, that's the duty. And it, that was shoved down my throat in school. So when I was in grad school, so I find it hard to believe that this, that you have to take ethics. Oh, no. it's, it's, you have to take yes. ethics classes. I mean, it's like, no, you of anyone should know. I, I would believe that a construction worker doesn't know that it's your mandated report, you know, about that. But she as a teacher should know that she is a mandated reporter. Oh, and I'm yeah. sorry. It's like, you know, this is wrong. You know, it's against the law. Well, Come a lot on. of this. Okay. So she's obviously a person who is unwell mm-hmm. mentally and it turns out that when when the relationship was discovered and she was arrested and she was going through the process of uh the pre-trial process i guess they had you know had her do psych evaluation and someone diagnosed her as being bipolar as if that explains anything or means mm-hmm. anything i don't really know it doesn't mean anything it doesn't really mean anything but anyway she's um she, but she, I feel that a lot of her, whatever's going on or was going on in her mind had a lot to do with her upbringing. So mm-hmm. she um, grew up in uh, Orange County, California. Her father was actually a state senator, California state senator. And I think he was also a professor at, at some college. I'm not quite sure where, but you know, they, they were a pretty well-off family in, in the community, and she was the only daughter. There was uh, seven siblings. She was the only daughter. Um, her father was very, very, very ultra-conservative, and they were Catholic, and they would preach all this stuff about, you know, not having sex and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And ironically, her father, well, first of all, I, I didn't know this until I was uh, looking into this case for the podcast, but he actually got elected to Congress. And they mm-hmm. he was a congressman. Wa- yeah, they moved mm-hmm. to Washington, D.C. for a few years. And um, and he actually ran for president under like a yes. party, ultra conservative yeah. thing. So he was very politically active, but he lost his seat. They came back to Orange County. And then it came out that he had fathered two children with a woman who was a former student of his. Yes. At Santa Ana college. And he actually was, cause I have in 1978, he was reelected to the California state Senate. So this is when he was a congressman and afterwards, and they come back Mm -hmm. and he was going to run in 1982 for the seat. But then this, this, all this came out. Mm -hmm. So basically this destroyed his political career, but yeah, I mean, two children. Yeah. (laughs) With a student. And he was very callous about it. The way that it came out was that the the mother of these two children, uh, there were some allegations that she was abusing one of the children and CPS got involved. Mm -hmm. And when CPS got involved, you know, they asked, well, like, where's this? Where are these children's father? And she named him as the father. And then it came out. Anyway, he wanted nothing to do with them. He he could care less about these children. He, uh, I think after that, they tried to go after him for child support and he fought it and he only had to pay like $275 
a month for child support for these two kids. And he told the woman, he's like, why don't you just give them up for adoption? They would be better off. I mean, it was like the man was just completely callous and cold, Mm -hmm. but, but Mary Kay was very close to her father. You know, she, um, worshiped him, you know, she, she, uh, she loved him. So, I mean, there's, that's so strange. That's so, I mean, granted the, the woman he had the children with, she wasn't a minor when this happened, but she was probably like in her early twenties or something, you know, Mm -hmm. she wasn't very old, but, um, so she had this real repressed, you know, uh, life when she was younger and she was like a perfectionist, you know, she, uh, was a cheerleader. Not that that's a bad thing, but I mean, you know, she was just very, uh, you know, obsessed with coming off as being perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess, you know, her first marriage wasn't good from the start and she was very vocal about the fact that she didn't love him. Mm-hmm. And I get the sense that they kind of married each other for convenience. Like she, it was almost kind of like, oh, it's time for us to get married. Well, she Who's, was pregnant. Around me? She got pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. so they had four kids together and, but they also were a mess because they had financial issues. Mm-hmm. They both had extramarital affairs. Mm-hmm. And there's also been talk I don't know if you saw this in your research about physical abuse, mm, like I he was physically abusive to her. I, I I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. That's, that's not been corroborated, but that was a really, really awful marriage. And it sounded like she had been cheating on him long before she met Billy. Um, yeah. And her parents didn't have a good marriage either. And they split up for a while, but they ended up getting back together. But you know, another thing that happened to her in childhood was, um, she had a brother, a younger brother who was three years old. He drowned in their swimming pool. Yes, I, I read that. And yeah. she was kind of sort of like in charge of looking after him. Mm-hmm. She was out there with with him and another uh, younger sibling. And she was supposed to kind of be watching him. And she was at the other end of the pool and he fell in and he he drowned. And somebody, people have asked her over the years, like, if she felt guilty about that. And she was just like, no. Mm. Which is, you know, so, yeah, the sort of compartmentalizing of mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and she definitely has, when we get into the Australia interview um, from Australian TV, there's this real attitude of, um, you know, this is this is how things are, but don't, I, I don't have to follow these rules. I think his fa- her father very much had that, like this political, I'm, you know, political, I'm Mm -hmm. conservative, I'm preaching all of these values and beliefs and all this to other people. But in, you know, but secretly, I'm, you know, going against everything that I, Mm -hmm. you know, tell people to do or what I believe in or what I stand for. And she, she's definitely got a lot of that of, you know, talking out of both sides of her mouth, Mm -hmm. just, you know, unwilling or incapable of taking any any responsibility yeah. or any ability to sort of say that this, this was wrong. I shouldn't have done this. Um, even 20 some odd years later, she could not, yeah. you know, own it. Unapologetic. Yeah. And I think the father too, right. It sounds like yeah. he's very unapologetic. It's almost like, you know, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's narcissism or this, it, it, you know, bel- I, I, it's, I don't know what else to call it, but this belief that the rules don't apply to you. 
Well, also, I think they both benefited, you know, Mary Kay and her father benefited from the fact that they were like, you know, well off white people from Orange County mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, were attractive or what, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things like when you look at her, you know, she's the last person that you would suspect would would ever do anything. Um you know, she just looks like this all-American blonde, yeah. um, whatever. And even, even when she was sentenced to, I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to it, but the sentence that she received yes. was ridiculous. I mean, if that were a man or a person of color or anything, it's just like, Ugh. I mean, they would have put that person away for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And she just got treated with such kid gloves it was ridiculous but yeah well um we we should move on to the affair (laughs) whatever you want to call it the um i don't know what's a better word for it affair is not what it was the The grooming and the crime the crime (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i guess they started and what's interesting too is they started the affair she signed him up for that art class right Mm -hmm. and the affair started in like june (laughs) do you know what i mean it wasn't even like end of summer and they had been together intensive like it was june when they started this and um and then she was later she was arrested on march 4th 1997 and she was actually a um she was turned in by a relative of her husband's right you know they i think that it had come out with her husband and then i think someone from that his family was like oh no this is wrong well here's some more delusion Mm -hmm. okay so her husband finds, so, um, Villy, I find this kind of hard to believe, but supposedly Villy had been writing her love letters. Mm. Okay. But he couldn't keep them in his house because his mom might find them. So Mary Kay would, after, uh, she would read them or whatever, um, or wait, I'm getting this wrong. She would write love letters to him. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't keep it at his house. So he'd read the love letters and then give them back to her. Anyway, her husband finds these love letters and some journals or something where he, he finds out about this. Okay. Does he go to the police? No. He goes over to confront Villy, mm-hmm. you know, a 13 year old, you know, this grown man goes and confronts him and says, you know, you better stay away from my wife and whatever. And then he proceeds. He does not think to report this to anybody he he does not care about the fact that a child is being victimized he he tells some people in his family his immediate family they don't really think anything of it or do anything but someone who the wife of his cousin who's mm-hmm. it like not part of this weird family she's like oh no no that's not right mm-hmm. she contacts the school district who at first was kind of like what like they d- didn't really believe her or didn't do anything Mm -hmm. so then she contacts somebody else who's like higher up in the chain and finally one day someone calls her from cps and says we'd like to talk to you Mm -hmm. you know finally but again that's the thing she's mary Kay's given the benefit of the doubt yeah you know yeah a lot yeah a lot a lot yeah um, and then so she ends up pleading guilty in 1997 to two counts of second degree rape of a child. So here, listen, second degree rape of a child. And Brooke, what was her sentence? 
(laughs) because that's insane. Well, it was a suspended sentence. She was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison, suspended, meaning, okay, you don't actually have to do this as long as you comply with uh, some requirements. Mm -hmm. So she had to serve six months in prison, jail, whatever. But three of them, I think, were of those three months, I I read somewhere that three months of that was also suspended. Like they were going to let her do three months Mm. in jail and then three months, like probably at home, like house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet deal. Right. So she had to do that. She had to go through some sort of sex offender program. Um, There was a stay away order. She was not supposed to have any contact with Billy and what else was there? What were the other requirements? Not much. There wasn't and, much. It was just, and but she did have to register as a sex offender. She had to register as a sex offender. And, and she, even, yeah. even the, um, even the sex offender treatment wasn't really true sex offender treatment. It was kind of like, oh, you got to go to therapy or something. Go mm-hmm. talk to a therapist. It wasn't really like a targeted sex offender program, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very, 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 very light slap on the wrist. Um, but she had that seven and a half years hanging over her head. So mm-hmm. she, if she messed up and she's on, she's technically, she's on probation. Um, if you mess up, then you've got to go back automatically. There's no trial, no nothing. You just go straight to jail. And, um, apparently I had read that, um, she was a real pain in the ass in jail, mm-hmm. like real pain in the ass. Like, again, felt like the rules did not apply to her at all. Well, um, and you know what? Before she got caught, there here's another thing. One night she was out um, in her minivan, you know, and she she would let Villy do things that were adult-like because it sort of helped bolster her narrative that <laughs> somehow this is not a child. She would let him smoke cigarettes and drive her car. So anyway... One night they're out in her minivan. Billy is driving. He's driving kind of erratically. And so a cop sees this and he looks and it's like, that looks like a kid driving this car. Mm-hmm. So the cop turns around, follows them, pulls them over. By the time the cop catches up with them, somehow Mary Kay is in the driver's seat. But he sees this young boy there and he actually took them down to the, the station for questioning. And they both, I don't know, said said the right thing. They you know, they had nothing to go on or any, Mm -hmm. so, but, and then they just let them go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so she, um, she just served, um, three months. And, um, what I read was that after she was released, she, cause it, you know, they had diagnosed her with bipolar. She had to take her meds. That was another requirement. So that mm-hmm. after she was released, she stopped taking the meds and was rebelling against the sexual deviance, you know, against the sexual deviancy counselor that she had to meet with. Like, oh, wait a minute. Quick- Can I just say something? We've forgotten yeah. something completely. We forgot to talk about that. She's, she had a baby. Well, yes. Yeah, so yes. So she got, she got pregnant in, um, they start the affair in 96, early 96. Like, I mean, June of 96. And mm-hmm. she gets pregnant by, I want to say October. September. Oh, yeah. I have September. She gets pregnant by September. And basically, she was telling people, right, that the baby was her husband's. 
Right. The husband thought that this was her baby. So then when she right. gets caught, it comes out that she has this baby. So she then ended up having, um, she had the first baby outside before of she prison. Went, yeah. Yeah. Before while she went she was, in. Yeah. While it was in this pre-trial phase before she took the plea agreement, she had her, her baby. Yes. Audrey, the older daughter. And then um, she goes, she does the three months. She's a giant pain. Like there were all these reports about how she, um, you know, was just like, just felt like the rules didn't apply to her. Like was demanding, wanted more phone time, wanted this, wanted just impossible and never followed the rules or whatever it is. So then two weeks, two weeks after she gets released from prison, I mean, the first time or jail, I guess it's only three months you're in jail. The first time she gets caught in a car, you know, out with Billy again. I mean, not this, even like yeah. trying to hide it, you know, just like out and about. Well, I think they were planning uh, some sort of escape because. Oh, that's right. She had a bunch of cash on her and her passport and um, the some other stuff. It looked like they were maybe going to try to, you know, make a run for it or something. And. um <laughs> yeah i mean and and she was contacting him while she was in prison she wasn't supposed to be mm -hmm. so yeah they get caught in a car i think like in the act of yeah having sex there's in some parked car and of course yeah everybody knows her she's a celebrity practically so of course they're gonna be like on the lookout <laughs> for her they know what her car looks like you know it's just like just so delusional yeah. and so, of course, during that car sex, she gets <laughs> pregnant again. This woman is fertile. I'm yeah. telling you. She is fertile. So, yeah, she gets... So, during the, the few few times that she's out, I mean, God, it was two weeks. She got pregnant within that two weeks. She gets pregnant again. But because she violated the agreement, she gets sent to prison for seven and a half years. Yeah. So... So Mary, she went to prison from 1998 to 2004. And then what happens is, and this is the part that I think is awful. And I feel like if, if Mary had any sense, she would at least own up to this, which is Villy now has, Villy is what, 14 now? And he now has two children. Yeah. He had two, two children, children. By, the, by the time he was 15, I think. Two kids. So he and has he, to... He can't even have custody of them because he's a minor. His mother yeah. has custody. Yeah. So, yeah, she... So he drops out of high school. He starts to struggle with suicide, suicidal ideation. He really felt like he was at the bottom, depressed and alcoholic. He attempted suicide in March of 1999. Mm. And actually, Villiers family sued the school district um, because... What happened was that poor Billy's mom, who doesn't really already have a lot of money or resources to begin with, mm -hmm. now has two more children to take care of infants mm -hmm. and and a son who can't do what he can't do anything. He can't help. even get a work permit. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even 16. Yeah. He can't even work. He can't do anything. So she she caused so much stuff. So she sued and actually she wasn't awarded any money. That shocks oh. me. It was like it was un real unreal but 
this is the part that is so infuriating is she talks so much about how, oh, Billy was so talented in his art and I saw something special in him and all this. And it's like, lady, you just ruined his goddamn life. Mm -hmm. Like if you really cared about him and you really loved him, you would have like, you know, you would have made different choices. You would have made very, very different choices. But what's happened now is he's, he's a single parent, Mm -hmm. you know, with his mom, with no prospects. And I, my guess, once she's out of his ear so much, confused and unsure, you well, know? I, I just don't think that she thinks past, you know, five minutes from now. Yeah. I think yeah. she's just all about, like, getting what she wants when yes. she wants it in the moment. Yeah. she's She she has no idea that, um, I mean, God, just think about the, the number of people's lives she's wrecked. You know, her first four children mm-hmm. and, you know, the 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 two daughters she had with Villy, they have always uh, they've been interviewed. You know, they've been in People magazine and interviewed and, you know, they say, oh, you know, you know, they try to come off as like, oh, it's all OK. And I love our, our parents and blah, blah, blah. But this is going to hit them someday. I mean, they're like in their early 20s. Just mm-hmm. wait till they become mothers or, you know what I mean? Someday yeah. it's going to hit them and they're just going to be like, what the fuck? I mean, they're already, I'm sure, suppressing a lot of this yeah. because this is a lot. <laughs> so then in 1998, a book comes out. It was only released in France, mm-hmm. um, but basically it was called Only One Crime, Love. <laughs> and it was released in France. And it's basically the two of them did the book and... um in in the book, apparently, because I didn't read it, but in the book, she still has like feels like she did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. nothing wrong. She starts this narrative of all these things that we've already mentioned, which are like he has seduced me, you know, mm-hmm. it's this, this, blah blah blah, you know, all of this BS. Um, and so she does her seven and a half years, pretty much. I think she did seven. It looks like, and then um. She did give birth to that second daughter in prison. Real mm-hmm. great, you know, mothering. Yeah. And so then she gets out in 2004 and they get married in 2005. Um, and they start this life together. And, yeah, and by um, that point, Billy is like 21. Yeah. He went to court. He asked the judge to lift the no contact That's right. thing. And I mean, what, the judge is like, well, okay, what am I, what can I do at this point? Yeah. Um, but again, you know, oh, and also I believe that, you know, when she was in prison all this time, I mean, I think he did have some other relationships. I don't know. Yes, she, she he did talk about that. Yeah. I guess. No, and she, I think she knew about that, too. She yeah. Knew about that. But I mean, that's the thing. When he got out, it's like she still has that hold on him. And mm-hmm. I don't think he was happy, you know, because they ended up separating. Yes. Yeah. And you know, what was interesting is that Australian TV interview was, it said 2018, but I read somewhere that th- he actually filed for separation in 2017. 2017. Yeah. So I was a little like, well, how long ago was this thing done? And, you know, because it seemed like either it was some kind of money grab for them to just pretend like they're still together right. or something. Get the but, people magazine money. Yeah. Yeah. But they had already been separated by the time that interview came out so yeah and they claim they claim there was a reason that uh like villy because she's a registered sex offender he wanted to open a marijuana dispensary or something and so they look at 
they do a background check on you and your spouse and everything. So they claim that it was somehow because of that, but um, I don't know. But they've made money in the past. Like he got into DJing Mm -hmm. and they would do this hot for teacher DJ nights and she would show up and like, it's really, it's really gross. Like now you've put this kid who had such all of this artistic creative ability. Now this poor kid is like DJing hot for teacher nights because you've done this to him. I, I mean, it's, it, uh, so the Australian interview is utterly frustrating and Insane. she, Mary Kay seems high the most of the time. Yeah. And, um, and I think I really feel like, and I don't, haven't read any interviews about this, but I really feel like Julianne Moore, who's such a great actress, studied that Australian TV interview yeah. <laughs> because she, she adopted had she has like yeah. a little bit of a lisp. She had a little bit of a lisp, but the other thing is I feel like she had those, um, what do you call them? I always want to get them, but I don't because I it'll give me a lisp. The what are those Veneers? you had them? The no, the yeah, the what Oh, are the, the Invisalign. Invisalign. It looked like she had the Invisalign and was maybe just getting used to it a little bit at the time, but she had this little bit of this lisp and this kind of like airy, like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer I was a little worried it was going to be a puff piece, but he really started to get into it with them. And he, you know, he would, she kept denying everything. She kept denying that, you know, oh, you know, we weren't really student and teacher at the time. So it's really wasn't a student teacher relationship. And, um, at one point the interviewer called Billy, like he was a little boy and Mary Kay is like, well, you know what? There's some 13 year olds who are in prison and treated like adults and they get life sentences. And, you know, it's like, what? That's apples. I mean, who cares? That's not right either. I don't think a 13 year old boy should get a life sentence. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. again, I, that her arguments, she talks in circles and she basically blames the fact that she, I didn't know it was legal. I didn't know it was illegal. I didn't know I could get that. It's like bullshit lady bullshit you you knew what you were doing was wrong she she talks about how when they were taking that summer school class you know at the same time or whatever that she felt like they were boyfriend and girlfriend because they were both taking junior college classes at the same time and you know that's what a boyfriend and girlfriend would do and like she she says to Billy she turns to him and she says you called me your girlfriend and he says I did Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just sitting there completely. He barely says two words. You know, she totally controls the narrative. He's just kind of looking at her when he actually has to like respond to something. He's always kind of like, oh, I did. I don't know. I don't remember that. Like, well, and he even takes, he at moments will take a little bit more ownership of like, well, well, no, we like, he, I think Billy knew, knows now that he's an adult. Oh, this is wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. this is wrong. And, um, and, uh, the interviewer was asking, you know, asking her her about the relationship and she gets so mad at him all the time. She gets so Mm -hmm. infuriating. Like, how dare you ask me these questions? I'm like, lady, what did you think he was going to ask you? What do you think? We're not asking you because we think you've got awesome opinions on cultural events. It's like, no. We're asking you because this is the only thing that's interesting about you. And she, but what, if, what made me so mad was that in the interview, she talks like men do when they justify sleeping with young girls and mm-hmm. young women. 
He seemed so mature. He had a mustache. He had a mustache. He was this. He came on to me. You know, Mm -hmm. he was, you know, he like, like he wanted it. He was looking for it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, do you not get that that's disgusting? And then she says, she, she starts to brag about how she, you know, I really made an adult decision not to go to trial because I didn't want to put Billy through that. I'm like, now you're making an adult decision. Now you're an adult. Now you understand what's going on. Like she, she starts to claim that she didn't have a trial because, um, you know, because she didn't want to drag Billy through this. I'm like, no, you got a sweetheart deal and your attorneys told you take the sweetheart deal lady like and run. Um, but then he would, he would then come in and he would be a little more honest and straightforward about things. Um, but yeah, I wrote this down in my notes too. Always worried about Mary Kay, not focused on himself. Um, he doesn't want to get her upset. And he said, didn't know anything at that age. He knew he loved her. You Mm -hmm. know, it was like, okay. Um, and they ask him, they said, you, Billy, at 35, could you start a relationship with a 13 year old? And he said, no, I cannot look at a girl romantically mm-hmm. at age, th- you know, I, I, like he said that he was like, I'm 35 now. And like, I could, I don't see 13 year old girls as romantic mm-hmm. rivals <laughs> or people to be with. Like right. he, and so she doesn't, and she doesn't even see the, the parallels. She's, she keeps thinking like, this is a different situation. They keep trying to point this out to her. Like, don't you see? Right. Like, no, she wh- thinks she's special. She thinks that, their relationship is special. It's different. It was not like that. You know, she's justified all this in her mind. Yeah. yeah just delusional. She, she basically comes out and says she does not see it as abuse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then why does, then you, then and why do yeah. you think that you got, what then, and then the other thing is they asked her, the interviewer asked her like, Okay, so you think that it's okay for adult men and women to sleep with 12, 13-year-olds, like children underage? And she's like, no. She And they both were like, oh, no, it's, it's a good law to have. They believe in the law. She just doesn't feel like it applies to her. And yeah, that's that whole thing. Love. Yeah. Yes. So if you're in love, it, 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 it makes it all okay. It's like, so if I rob a bank, but I tell them that I'm in love, I'm in love yeah. with money. I'm in love with a teller. Right. I'm in love with this. I'm, I'm doing this for love, you know, that I should, that I should get off. Like that makes no sense. I know. No it's sense. So, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, when he starts asking her about the law and she's like, well, um, you know, I, I knew that, um, there were laws about this, but I thought it was, only applied to, you know, the other way around, you know, like an older man and a younger woman, girl. <laughs> she said, nobody did a press release in the state of Washington to say, hey, women can't have sex with boys under 18 or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, guess what, Mary Kay? Uh, like, you know, what do we have any laws that just pertain to one gender? Yeah, not, I mean, can you think of any law that is just pertain? Well, not abortion, but I mean, but, but that's, you know, that's a different, 
you know, that's, that's the one thing. That's not committing a crime. Or, no. I mean, well, they so they're trying to make it one, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's gender neutral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The law everybody. is gender neutral. It is. But she somehow has justified it, justified it in her mind that, and I think in my two cents is this, is I think she knows it's wrong. I think she knows what she did was bad. I think she knows all of these things. I think that she's convinced herself that this does not apply to her. I think this is how she's been able to live with it. Yeah. This is just how she's been able to live with that. And I think that when you grow up in a household where you've got a parent saying one thing but doing another, Mm -hmm. it gets very confusing. And I think that it's very easy to sort of say, well, oh, I guess, you know, I can get away with things or I can, I can break the rules or, oh, I guess I don't, just because I'm saying something over here doesn't mean that I really have to believe it over here, you know? Because her, her father didn't really suffer uh, much consequence from his actions. I mean, yeah, he, he lost his political career, but he still had money. His wife came back to him. They ended Mm -hmm. up getting back together. He was still, I think, you know, well-regarded in the community. It wasn't like some total scandal that brought him down. You know, he he came out the other end okay. And I think she thought the same thing. She's like, well, once people understand that, no, this is not like that. This is not like every other situation. This is different, you know? Um, Yeah, well, there's also, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh God, I just, I just, it just left me as quickly. This is what happens when you get to be middle, past middle ages, you have a thought and then it goes away really quickly. Um, but, oh, this is it. So I, the, her father's situation, it's, it's very similar, but the one difference was my guess would be if they met in college, she was at least over 18. Do you know what I mean? She was not a minor. So of course, like, and I think in the back of her mind, right, this is how she's justifying it, which is like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. Nothing happened to my dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, well, she was, you know, what he did wasn't okay either, but she was an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, she was 18, barely, but at the same time, like it is different, you know, I mean, it does change. So I don't think it's right. I didn't think what he did was right, but it's not illegal. Yeah. Um, So. Oy. Um, do you want to yeah. talk about the May December movie or do you have more yeah. in your notes? Um, or? I mean, I think that's kind of the gist of, I mean, yeah. like I said, she, she found out, um, I don't know if it was 2019, 2020 that, you know, she had colon cancer and I think she died pretty quickly, yeah. you know, thereafter, but Billy was kind of there for her in the end. And I don't know what, because they never legally divorced. No, they and were I don't separated. Think, and I don't even yeah. think they, I think they continued to live together in the same house too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he was there for her. And I don't, one of these podcasts where I was listening to, they were talking about how um, uh, towards the end, she did uh, towards the very, very, very end, you know, when you're facing death, <laughs> you know, she did kind of, come to terms with, you know, taking some responsibility Mm. Um, and wasn't, you know, wasn't taking her usual, you know, unapologetic stance about it. But, oh, also, um, so, you know, that the women, the, um, what's their podcast called? Women in Crime. Women in Crime. Excellent. FYI, excellent podcast. If anyone loves 
crime, true crime. Women in Crime is a great show. It's um, the hosts are two criminologists mm-hmm. that teach at John Jay. And the, they also, I'm part of their Patreon. They also do lectures on the Patreon. Like they'll talk about certain things. Um, so if you want a real academic approach, but, and they're fun, they're interesting mm-hmm. to listen to. It's not, it's not like school, but they are, they really understand it. And at the end of each episode, they go through and talk about, you know, some of the things like was the, was the punishment, you know, justified? What were the, um, stressors? What was going on? And they talk about a lot of the things that come up in their classes. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to give them a plug because I've been listening to them for a while. I really like them. Yeah. So I'm just looking at my notes here from what they said. And actually they, Mary and Billy did divorce in 2019. And then she died in 2020. Oh, okay. But anyway, but he was still there for her. He was he there was by her there side her. and yeah. the, and the girls. And honestly, I think Mary Kay dying is the best thing that could have happened. I think to all of them, I think that this was, I think that set him free. Mm, and well, I, yeah. and I really think that in about, I don't know. I mean, couple more years. I don't I keep waiting for it since she passed away, but I really feel like he's going to come up with a book or something and mm-hmm. really cuz he now you know sees that what what happened was wrong. Right. Yeah, I yeah. hope he's um getting some help or get some help or you know to process all of this and that he can you know move on. But um yeah, so at the end of the podcast they 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 talk about um these characteristics of her they they say her offending so they talk about typology and they say that female sex offenders are an understudied group. You know, there's not as many categories for female sex offenders as men, but um, she falls under the teacher slash lover typology. Mm. And she believes that she is in a loving and consenting relationship with this, with Billy um, that she's abusing. And, um, you know, the victim is typically an adolescent male and um, the women typically deny any sort of abusive behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that men who do this, they recognize that what they're doing is wrong, but still think it's consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong and she thinks it's consensual. Yeah. Um, and they talk about something called techniques of neutralization. Um, so like that's her denying that there was any injury. Like, you know, he liked it. He enjoyed it. He wanted mm-hmm. it. Um, deny, denial that he's a victim, you know, saying that she hasn't done anything wrong. Um, you know, and then they talked about like why she would do this to him, why she would turn to him. Um, you know, basically to like fulfill a bunch of needs for her, mm-hmm. you know, her marriage is bad. She had had a miscarriage in 96, like, and she, I, I remember reading that and she did talk about that. So she, yeah, she had all these stressors happening. Yeah. That was when, and so she's a very emotionally immature person because mm-hmm. she's, she's not really a good match for an adult, for someone who's equal. You know, she tried to go out and be with someone who was her equal, uh, 
you know, she'd be too immature for that person. You see how immature she is. You yes. Know, from all these interviews, she's extremely immature. Yeah. So therefore, she's she's seeking someone who's kind of on her level. Mm-hmm. You know, an adolescent boy. Um, she didn't date a lot of men other than Steve. Um, That's her ex. Her ex husband. She believed that you know Billy admired her. Um, with Billy, she was safe. He wasn't her equal, so she didn't have to be a grown up with mm-hmm. him. Um, it, it was a fantasy world in which she could escape from. Um, you know this, yeah, this love fantasy. And um, then, then they also talk about her role models, the um, social learning theory, modeling her father's behavior. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is, um, it's called defer- differential reinforcement. He was not punished for his behavior, her father, mm-hmm. which reinforces that it's not so bad. And, you know, she was very close to her father and defended him. And like I said, he didn't really lose much out of the whole thing. And um, she basically had no healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. So that was their analysis. So you're right. You know, and it sounds absolutely right. Like a perfect storm, like a Mm -hmm. perfect storm of things. What happened with her father, her childhood, um, you know, being at this really bad place, you know, being at this place in her life, not having healthy coping skills. And I also think that there's something really, you know, some people need to be in, you know, they need to be in control. They need to be in control in their relationships. They need to feel like the smartest person. This is why, mm-hmm. you know, you meet people and you're like, God, how can you be married to that dummy? <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you talk about with them? Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit like, oh, you need to be the smartest person in the room all the time. Yeah, you, you need to always you. have the control, you know, or you want to be the savior. And I think that, you know, um, older women, younger men, um, or ch- children, boys, has always been, you know, a, I think people have a hard time wrapping their brain around it because, because a man has to have a certain amount of excitement, right, to have sex. And the thing is, is that just because Billy was excited, you know, I think that we, we take that as, well, isn't that like, like some kind of, cons- yeah, yeah, he wanted it and that was consent, but it's like, no, and this is what happens for these young boys is they do feel that excitement. And I think he did want to have sex with her. You know, he did. And I think he did think he loved her. I think he felt all these things. So just because he had the bodily response doesn't still does not make it okay. And that was the other thing that Mary Kay was talking about in that interview. She kept saying, well, aren't 13 year old boys and girls having sex? And it's like, yeah, they're, you know, okay. I mean, but again, that's also, that's also problematic. That's Yeah, I don't think 13-year-olds should be having sex. But, but again, can, yeah. But, but the biological response can happen um, whether you want it to or not. It, it's, mm-hmm. in, it's, it's somewhat involuntary, yeah. especially with somebody that young. Yes. So just because he's able to perform does not mean that he's, uh, sexually attracted to her, sexually excited, wants to have sex, or any of it. It's mm-hmm. literally just like an automatic thing that just happens. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And I don't know, do you remember, I think it was, was it Lo- Love is Blind? The last season, there was a guy who talked about, he had an experience when yes. he was a teenager. Yes, not, it not was 12, that. But yes, yes. The one that was with Johnny. Um, God, yeah, what was his I for, name? I forgot, I forgot his it. name. 
But he talked yeah. about how when he was a teenager, he was, you know, kind of pressured into having sex by an older woman and he didn't feel good about it. And here he is. He's like now, you know, like 30 and, you know, he was getting all emotional and upset about it. And it was hard for him to talk about it. So still to this day, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a problem for him. And he didn't have, you know, two kids with the woman at age 15. You know, mm-hmm. it's like his situation is nothing compared to Billy's, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's it's a myth that, oh, it's OK because it's a boy that's not going to yeah. affect them. They're, they want it. It's OK. Yeah. It's not going to hurt them. Well, and there's been this, you know, stereotype perpetuated with um, boys hot for teacher, like hot, hot, really pretty hot teacher. And, you know, oh, all the boys are fantasizing about her. And isn't she sexy and beautiful? And isn't this every young boy's fantasy? And it's like, no, no, I don't isn't. know where that even comes from. Where did that you even know? come from? I mean, well, we know about the Van Halen song, but yeah. I, I think it's been around for, you A know, long, lo- yeah. longer than that. So I don't know where this originated from, but it's bullshit. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always been that thing of like young girls having crushes on teachers and young boys having crushes on teachers. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, again, it's like. I, <sighs> like a Woody you Allen know. movie. You know, he writes these movies where yeah. these young girls fall in love with him because he's just so fucking irresistible, you know. Oh, God, God, yeah. So hot. Yes, I mean, yes. Talk about delusional. But anyway, yeah. So this May-December movie, is I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yes. You know, I think that... Because uh, I, at first, I wanted to see it and then everyone was like, ugh, it's terrible. It's weird. It's this. And then I watched it and I was like, and then I looked at who the director was. It's Todd mm-hmm. Haynes. So if you know any of Todd Haynes's movies, he does a lot of movies with Julianna Moore mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Carol and um, trying to think of other movies they did together. But he did, you know, Velvet Goldmine, which I saw it came out in 1998. It, you know, it's still stuck in my mind. But the, his movies are weird. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know another way. His movies are wacky. You know, I mean, they're a little like and he, you know, things move in and out of time and things are. And so I think that if you don't know who Todd Haynes is and what his style is like, it, yeah. I can understand how you might think it's it's a little odd. But it's actually when you stop and really watch it, you're like, oh, it's really brilliant. Yeah. Julianne Moore is yeah. really brilliant. <laughs> you have to just kind of go with it because, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, seen, I haven't seen those movies you mentioned. But yeah, at first I was kind of like, oh God, am I going to enjoy this? Because, but then I just went with it, and it was, it was really good, and it's sort of an imagined, you know, it's basically it, it is obviously based upon the Mary Kay Letourneau story, and but it's kind of imagining what life is like after, you know, after it, the aftermath, you know, mm-hmm. the kids are, you know, that this it wasn't a teacher student situation it was like she worked at a store and he worked there and i don't know they said they had sex in the stock room or <laughs> i mean it was different oh, that, yeah it was a pet store yeah. yeah yeah it was different facts but it was basically the same story it's like okay now you know this w- older woman had an affair with a teenage boy and they had t- children and now the children are grown and they're moving out of the house and now it's just the two of them and so now what so it's like mm-hmm. imagining what you know, Mary Kay and Villy would be going through, although I think Mary Kay is crazier than this Julianne Moore character for sure. Um, Ooh, I don't know. The, the character was like, she could not sustain, I mean, 
anything goes wrong or anything happens, yeah. I mean, she's like an emotional basket, basket case. And they show how the Villy character has constantly has to like, you know, be there for her and talk and her through sure things. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think that's how, I think that's how Mary Kay was as well. I mean, super emotionally immature, even though this is a 50 something year old woman, mm-hmm. she's like a child. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she gets, she gets her feelings hurt so easily and then she's crying and then, you know, the, the, the husband has to constantly be, he's just constantly consoling her and, you know, taking care of her, making sure she's okay. And everyone's walking on eggshells and, um, you know, she's very controlling and, you know, it's just like, oh, wow. And, and, and I think that the movie was spot on. I think that's exactly how their relationship was you know Mm -hmm. after she got out of prison and they got married and it's like oh we can finally be together like you know okay but no it's like everything is still fucked up yeah because this is a fucked up relationship yeah yeah you know that's why we have these laws (laughs) hence why i don't care how in love you think you are you know there's a reason why we have these laws i've said this many times but even at 18, you're not, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25, right? You know, mm-hmm. you should not, we were talking about this earlier today. You should not be getting, I don't think anyone should be getting married before tw- for a female 28, for a male 32. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you should be buying a house before you're 30. Like there are these big things that, that will definitely changes your life and influences mm-hmm. your life tremendously that you should not be making lifelong decisions about until you're a certain age, until you've, Mm -hmm. until you've, at least your brain's fully formed and you have a sense of who you are and what you're doing and where you're going. Because in the movie, we also see that this, this, the Villy character, well, I can't remember what their names were in the movie, but but the Villy character, the young boy, he, yeah, he's still very childlike, you know, he's, he's the one helping Mary Kay, but like, he's also himself you know we see this at the end of the movie where he is just you know because natalie portman's in the movie and she's an actress a famous actress who comes and wants to study you know juliana moore and um they're gonna make a movie about her. yeah yeah and uh yeah and villy becomes a little fatuated with her and yeah the way he acted you know about her being like what are you talking about like we're yeah. not in love now. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, he has more in common with his kids. You know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, he's playing video games. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just, yeah, he has more. He literally has more in common with his kids yeah. than he does with her. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yes, yes. And I know a lot of people play video games. A lot of adults, my husband does. But, like, there's a difference. <laughs> oh, there's a big difference. So, yeah, not to, um, I'm not trying to put down people who play video games, but, you know, he you can tell he's he's doing it, you know, just to kind of numb out, <laughs> tune yeah. her out, you know, kind of like tuning out your mom while she's, you know, um, lecturing you, lecturing you about something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she her acts impacted what her ex-husband her four kids the two daughters that she had villy her villy's mom villy's mom i mean that poor woman i i really feel for her because i would be livid if i was that mother um 
you know, Billy, I, I'm sure, you know, any, every, a lot of people in Billy's family, a lot of people yeah. in Steve's family and Steve, her family. I mean, yeah, all she of has, it. She has, you know, five living siblings. Uh, I, I assume her, but her parents, I don't know when they passed away, but I mean, they, they probably yeah. had to witness some of this. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. And her kids. And I don't know where I read this. Uh, she claims that at the time of her death, uh, they were claiming that she had some type of relationship with, with her four oldest kids. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe they, you know, forgave her, you know, uh, I don't know, but God, I mean, yeah, that affects them. That affects Mm -hmm. their children there. I mean, yeah, she really had a very negative impact on a lot. Well, can you imagine Steve Letourneau like, Oh, Letourneau. Right. You know, I mean, every because has been soiled. Yeah. Every single time you would hear that when you stop and be, yeah. when, I mean, I, he must get bothered constantly. The children who have that last name, Laterno, mm-hmm. you know, both sides, these two girls, I mean, that they had, we see the two girls in the interview, they're, they're two kids and they seem, I think at the time they were like 16 and 17, but, and they seem very, you know, well-spoken and thought mm-hmm. sweet and smart and all of these things. But I, I'm with you. That's, that's what I keep waiting for is some kind of Billy and the daughters kind of like yeah, coming out a, with something. We need a book. Know? Yeah. Yes. To, 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 to hear their side, because that's the other thing too. The girls, their narrative was controlled by their mother. I feel mm-hmm. like the three of them, Billy and the girls, they were probably all scared to death of her. You know, it was like walking on eggshells with her, you know, they had to do and say the right thing. And, you know, so I don't know now maybe they can speak their truths and we can hear it from them because she required all of them to just uh, continue this facade that this is just Mm -hmm. a fairy tale love story. Yeah. Unreal. All right. Well, any other thoughts on Mary Kay? No, I'm, I'm exhausted by her. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it's just, I, I kind of feel like, okay, you're gone, you know, good. Goodbye. (laughs) I hope wherever you are, Mary Kay, you are realizing what you did and hopefully taking some ownership of it. So it's unreal. You're not a good person. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, please go to Apple and give us a five-star rating. Um, it really does help us out. And um, uh, subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, hit that subscribe button. Um, and we are on social media at Psych Legal Pop at um, TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, we just really spread the word. Tell a friend. If everyone told one friend and then that told person told one friend and that person told one friend, if you're old like us, you probably know what that commercial is from. <laughs> and then one person and one person yeah. and then, and then yeah. they told two friends and yeah, then they, they told two friends. Yeah. What was that? What product? It was, was a shampoo. It was like, Oh, breath, that's right. Breath shampoo. Yeah. But then all the little boxes would come yeah. on with it. They would tell two friends and they would tell this was high tech in the, in the seventies, was it seventies or eighties? Like, yeah. and they will tell, two friends and they will tell two friends yeah. so yes let's be like the uh, breck commercial yeah and, well, uh, and also spread you know, the word there's a plethora of uh document documentaries docuseries and stuff coming out right now and we're trying to figure out like 
what do we want to cover? And um, so maybe, you know, it, let us know, email us or go on Instagram and leave a message. Cause I don't, I don't, I feel paralyzed. Like, I don't know where to go. From well, here. but I know, but this is part of the problem. And I will, anybody who's told us about something, if I have not responded to you directly on Instagram, um, it's not that we're ignoring you. We do hear everybody's, um, uh, recommendations. It's not just our uncle Bill, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) he is the main source. (laughs) Yes, he is the main source. But the, the, the thing is, is that, um, I think for us, it's, it's a combination of time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, cause these damn documentary documentaries used to be an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half. That was it. They could get, they could squeeze it all in there. But now every documentary is, you're lucky if it's three hours. Yeah. It's, it's a six hours series. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Natalia Grace thing. It's st- the second season started and I would like to cover it, but it's like, I have to go back and watch the first season, which is six hours. Ugh. Then, you know, catch up and then catch up. There's already yeah. two hours, you know, so that's like a whole Saturday. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of, I'm, if anyone knows of a reasonable length <laughs> documentary, you know, all between two and three hours tops. Yeah. When you well, get past three hours, that just gets to be a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I think three hours, we can do three hours, yeah. but anything beyond that. But um, yeah, I'm with you because I didn't watch the first season of Italia Grace, but like R- Gypsy Rose uh, Blanchard is in the news right now Mm -hmm. and um you know it's crazy she was on the view she was she's got millions of followers she's got all this stuff going on so we were uh, that was my suggestion but again it's like you know there's some lifetime movie that's coming out or you said a and e and then you know there's so much content out there it's just like oh god yeah i I don't know that out and see it how long that is but i watched the it was a more like a made for TV movie type thing. It was on Hulu, I think, with Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. The several, act. Yeah, several years ago. I thought that was excellent. So I don't know. Is there new information now about? Well, but she's, her? you know, the new stuff is the is the movie, the, this this show. And the fact that she's now out for prison. So she's also being interviewed everywhere and um, she's on the cover of people magazine. And- but what does she have to say? That's new from like that movie. Well, she's just been doing her time in prison. What has changed? We know what happened before that, how she got yeah. there. Something well, changed. so now she is, well, she's married now to someone that if you listen to Heather McDonald, she says that the, her new husband looks just like her mother. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's like some resemblance. I have to get, look at the picture side by side. I haven't done that yet. But and then the other one is she talks about the one sort of fact that I know about her is, is that she wants to work on criminal justice reform. Hmm. You know, basically, she said that she her, you know, she regrets what she did. And but she feel, you know, she ha- her mother had to die. You know, she was like, I, I don't think I was ever going to get out without my mother dying. And now she wants to work on criminal justice reform. Which is great. She wants to work with Kim Kardashian. Oh, well, justice that's, reform. That's a pair. Yeah. So um, that's the only new information. But everybody, she's like this hot topic. I know. Like everybody's talking about her and she's everywhere. So there's that one. There's the 
Murder in Boston. I want to cover that. I want to see that. I think that's yeah. only three hours. Yes, that I think would be good. Yeah. So anyway, this that. is our very long, long-winded way of saying, please get the suggestions coming. It's not that we don't uh, pay attention to them. We do. We always take them into consideration. It's just always a combination of time and um, and just bandwidth in terms of you know um, like what you what we can consume. You know, if we do too many cults shows oh i wanted to do that daughters of the cult i do think we should do that because those people are related to christine's family i know but that one i know i know it's five five hours hours. (laughs) but yeah the cult thing at least i feel like that's some new information i Mm -hmm. just really feel like the gypsy rose thing is not nothing new Mm -hmm. it's not a new story yeah no i'm not ruling it out i'm just saying like it's easier to get excited about something that you know you don't know anything about yeah yeah but anyway so we do appreciate it um and yeah i think that's it thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate it thank you bye mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from moonpig Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.